Week five is finished. We are finally getting a much clearer sense of what the rest of the season is going to look like for some of these teams and where some teams might be making moves as we rapidly approach the trade deadline. We're going to talk a little bit of week five action and preview some Thursday night football. All that and more coming up on the house call. Welcome back to the Gridiron segment of the House Call Sports. I'm Kyle. I'm going to be breaking down a little bit of Week 5 action with Justin and Julian here and previewing some Thursday night football action. But before we get to all of that, I want to give a quick shout out to our amazing sponsor, Lids. Listen, if you need any kind of sports memorabilia, hats, jerseys, shirts, doesn't matter, Lids has it. Go get yourself what you need for this football season. Use the link in our description to save yourself a little bit of money. And you're going to thank yourself when you're able to flex some sweet, sweet merch in front of all of your friends who have outdated divisional playoff shirts from playoff runs that went nowhere. You know it's true. You know it's true. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Pillow Fight. Listen, I've got insomnia, y'all. I need to have the right pillow to go to sleep. Luckily, Pillow Fight is the right pillow. Get yourself right. Get yourself some good sleep because, as we know, that is the key to being able to successfully attack the day. Use the link in our description, save yourself some money, and get better sleep, y'all. Now, We've got some exciting games to talk about from our week five slate. Probably none more exciting than a divisional matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers down to the wire. The Steelers are able to eke it out 17 to 10. Justin, I'm going to you first. First of all, what do we think of Matt Canada's uh, touchdown celebration? (laughs) Matt Canada is so mad that he's probably not the one that caught that play. He's definitely not. His QB He's coach was like, like, hey, you should do this. It, it was more like, damn, I'm, I'm out of a job at this point. Like, <laughs> somebody else caught that play. It worked out. Oh I, I don't gosh. know what to make of that. But it, it as a game in general, I'm always looking forward to Ravens and Steelers games because you already know it's going to be a headbanger. Both of these teams, historically, great defensive teams. It's always going to be a chess match between these two. And let's give a shout out to the real MVP of that game, TJ fucking Watt. It seems oh no matter what. God. As somebody who is arguably, at the very least, a top three defensive player in the league, everybody keeps sleeping on him when they talk about who the top person is. You hear about the Aaron Donalds. You hear about the Micah Parsons. You hear about pretty much everybody else under the sun. But T.J. Watt is consistently showing you why he is who he is. And it's insane the way that he can keep producing like this. And he's a veteran veteran at this point. He's not like the young bucks that are like 22, 23 running around. So arguably, this was a fun game. I love it. I do worry about the Ravens at this point in the season because now we're going into like the middle part of the season where you pretty much get to know how teams are and who they are this season and how it could end up going. They may turn it around, but I'm kind of nervous for them. No, there definitely are a couple of question marks, starting with the health of their wide receivers. Uh, They're already thin and out. Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt once again. Who could have seen that coming? We did. We predicted this. We said this would happen. Uh, no, I, I couldn't agree more. This felt like such a this this felt like such a divisional matchup, and 
I was watching it legitimately thinking I'm just watching Roquan Smith defense take on TJ Watts defense and it's awesome. And that's not to say Roquan Smith isn't one of the best at his position. He is the best at his position, but TJ Watt is a generational for first ballot Hall of Fame surefire talent. So that's the, that's I think the key difference here and why the Steelers were able to beat up the Ravens. Julian, I'm going to you next. Talk to me about what happened in that game, man. I think everyone thought the Ravens were going to run away with it. Yeah, um, you know, looking at that game, honestly, the Ravens' skill positions, they're they're very, very unfortunate. I, I just thought, you know, coming into the season for, for a second there, we had Rashad Bateman as the fourth or fifth receiver on that team. Now we're looking at Rashad Bateman again, like last season, to really step it up. You know, remember, this guy was a first-round pick first round talent and he just you know year in year out couple injuries kind of inefficient it's surprising obviously watching Lamar scramble around for his life in the second half was also not the greatest um thing but again this is the TJ Watt show Alex Highsmith show that front seven is crazy I mean they they are really crazy and you know Pat Pete on the back end I know he's getting older but you know, he still has a little bit in the tank, and you you can see it. He made make a couple plays in the backfield, um, you know, and and that's the great thing about this Steelers defense. It just seems like Mike Tomlin's never really fielded under a top fifteen defense, and we'll continue to watch how these Steelers evolve for the rest of the year. I don't know about the offense enough, you know. Watching Kenny Pickett, you know, chuck that up to. Uh, to Pickens at the last part of that game and Pretty that cover zero blitz, you Pretty know, six, sweet. seven coming out like that and the chuck it up. Wow. I mean, he put a nice touch on the ball and Pickens was able to just find that end zone when, when he needed it. So we'll see. We'll see with the Steelers, the Ravens, very disappointed. This is two, two games, the Colts game and this game that they may be looking back, you know, towards the end of the year and they be, they, they may be looking back and saying, what happened? What happened there? No, I couldn't agree more. It's 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 so interesting looking at the Steelers this year because you get you get these flashes that remind you, no, there are exciting young pieces here, but they do have a major roadblock with their offensive coordinator. Like, he needs to be fired. At this point, it's, it's coaching malpractice to keep him around. And I, I would have no no problem with a Mac Canada getting fired and they just do an internal promotion uh, to uh, make a band-aid at least and then go get an actual OC to develop some of this young talent. But looking at the Ravens side of the ball, it's the same old story. Just they can't stay healthy. And all of a sudden their offensive line is just falling apart at the seams and Lamar is having to scramble for his life. And he's able to do that now. But that's not a sustainable thing. And he, and that's not something that Lamar wants to be doing. That's not something the coaches want him to be doing. But it's something that he's forced to do, especially going up against a player like TJ Watt. But let's move right along to another kind of shocking game, although it is a home field advantage for these Jacksonville Jaguars over in London. They are able to beat the Bills by five points. And... Say what you will about, you know, Josh Allen did perform slightly better than Trevor Lawrence, but 
Josh Allen once again turning the ball over in a critical situation. Which Josh Allen are we talking about here? Oh my gosh! I'm just saying. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. It's I such told a you. Jekyll it's a, it's and a Hyde. Coin. Oh my gosh! No, don't bring up don't bring up point flips around Josh Allen. He, he's very sensitive. <laughs> exactly about what those. it is. He's very very sensitive about those. Uh, Justin, let's talk about it. How do the Jags pull off this upset? And is it all on is it all on Josh Allen for these critical like same old story, rinse and repeat? Come on, Josh. Okay, so let's start out with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How did they pull this off? One, running the ball really well compared to the Bills, who couldn't do anything on the run game. But also it's that connection between Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. And between him and all of his playmakers in general, this is the Trevor Lawrence that we have been talking about, for me specifically, since he was in high school. Like, this (laughs) is the person that can lead your team. And no matter if you're struggling, maybe you're not, like, the well-known, like, out there in the media team, he will win you games. Now, he's still young. We can see how this goes, but I think right now we are watching a Jacksonville Jaguars team that is meshing as a team and that actually have a good coach and seeing what we can get out of them. On the Bills side, like I said, lack of a running game. Do I blame Josh Allen for the loss because of the turnovers? Mm, Yes and no. Yes, because you can't turn the ball over, but no, because this is the Josh Allen that I keep mentioning. It's going to be a flip of a coin. You have a gunslinger there. You're either going to get somebody who's going to give you 400 yards a game and four touchdowns, or you're going to have somebody that's going to give you 300 yards a game and three interceptions. It's it's a coin flip whichever way you're going to do it. I believe he's going to win you more games and he's going to cost you, but let's also pay respect to the fact that the Bills lost a lot of key players due to injury in this game. Biggest one being Matt Milano, who was, for this season, killing it. Like, this is the one middle linebacker I wish my Giants would have got because this is somebody who can cover. He can play the run. He can play the pass. He can intercept passes. He can get your quarterback. So to lose somebody like this to what was what I heard was a fractured leg and possibly even a knee injury on top of that, which means most likely out for the regular season, if not the whole year. So that's where I'm going to chalk this up mainly into. Uh, But let's just face it. The Jaguars have like the ultimate home field advantage in London. There's a guy literally dressed as a Jaguar. They're going to be there for the next couple of years. They might actually be there permanently if all things go wrong. But that's where I got (laughs) for this. The fancy Jaguar. Like, I've thought about that guy at least two times a day. For the last several days like the fancy jaguar was just oh it was delightful it was lovely unlike the bills performance because and like you just look at that game and the bills defense was able to wake up in the second and third quarter and stuff jacksonville effectively josh allen didn't really do anything with that like they I don't know if they ever even had a lead in this game. I don't think they did. Um, And that's kind of surprising to see. Uh, But all could be well because the Bills defense, while it is very much 
as it, it kind of runs through Matt Milano at this point, there are still playmakers at key positions for that team, I think. And with Vaughn Miller coming back, you get that leadership, you get that, you know, kind of at, at least just that on-field wisdom to be able to tell young guys where to go in the moment, because that's so invaluable for a defense. Julian, I'm going to you next. What were your thoughts about them Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Bills? I lived in Duval County for six years. I could tell you this. Those fans are buzzing. All those fans in the stadium are buzzing about this team. You know, and the big key difference I see with the Jacksonville Jaguars is one, their wide receiver depth is not talked about enough. You know, now you have Christian Kirk coming in the fold. You have Zay Jones coming back. He's kind of injured himself on and off. I mean, that depth is crazy. And to have an all-around, all-purpose back like ETN, this Jacksonville Jaguars squad could be dangerous going into the playoffs. I definitely see this team going far. Um, you know, just watching them be able to have a receiving back like ETN is amazing. This man can run in the zone run scheme, the power run scheme, and they have Tank Bigsby as well. Now, the Bills, we have to talk about it. We got to talk about it. They're getting Josh Norman in week. What week are we at now? I mean, come on. Josh Norman, he's 35 years old, hasn't had a good season since maybe his first year in Washington, maybe. I mean, they're they're getting really thin. They're, oh my God, they're wheat thins. You ever eat those crackers? They're wheat thins, man. Come on. No Benford, no Tredavious White, no Matt Milano. I mean, that's it, it's starting to pile up, and especially the secondary. Poyer's getting old. You can see it. Poyer has lost a step, and he never really had a step. Poyer Ooh. is getting there. I'm going to be honest. I, I just, I really pray um, that Josh Allen keeps his turnovers, you know, to a minimum. Because we watched week one, guys. How many picks did he throw to Jordan Whitehead? Three. I mean, come on. This, this is ridiculous. But I said it when Josh Allen came into the league in 2018. He's a gunslinger, but he just, it looks like he gets confused sometimes. And he doesn't know how to quite read a defense. It, I've been saying it since he played the Patriots in 2018. He had four picks in one game, three and one half. It's it's the same thing we're seeing out in and out, in and out. You know, he starts out strong and he ends, you know, kind of weak. And now he's kind of starting out kind of weak this year. So we'll see. But Duval County, let's go. Out of baby Jacksonville, but Bills fans, convert your ears. Julian is none too impressed with your uh, slew of injuries. And frankly, it's very concerning. It's very concerning to see. Um, look, but everybody give it up for the London Jaguars. Look at those London Jaguars. They're going to be there within the next five to ten years, no doubt in my mind. Um, and it's all going to it's going to be great. We're all going to have a great time with it. Sorry to Duval County, but, you know, it. it they're still your team you know they're still your team and it's going to be okay and i'm really impressed with the jaguars they have they have now shown exactly what they're capable of and what they should have been capable of from the start now i need to see consistency and it's the same problem that i have with the bills and that's why i don't think the bills will ever go very far in the playoffs with josh allen because you get like two good games one bad game that doesn't work for a playoff run. You need to string together these wins leading to the biggest game possible. 
you need to have that momentum and it just has never really happened for for all those great games there's just that one little outlier that throws them throws them off the rails and that's what keeps like great quarterbacks from super bowl winning quarterbacks and it's starting to show up and if they don't figure it out soon it's 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 really disappointing to see for josh allen now let's move along to another thing that needs to get fixed soon or another quarterback could get ruined i'm talking about the indianapolis colts beating the tennessee titans 23 to 16 but anthony richardson hurt again justin i'm gonna go to you first because you have talked about this before what needs to happen to keep anthony richardson healthy he needs to know how to slide which seems to be a uh, not not a ramp but here's the thing running quarterbacks in the nfl seem to have this issue overall where they come into it not either knowing how to slide or they're so competitive that they fight for that extra yard when the truth of the matter is unless you are a josh allen six five built like a running back type ordeal or you are lamar jackson who can run as fast as any running back and receiver in the league you need to know how to protect yourself you need to t- start taking judo and jujitsu lessons like Tonga Vailoa is doing. It's working, apparently. It seems to be working. Yeah. But the overall thing is the best ability you can have for your team, especially when you are the starting quarterback of your team, is availability. And Anthony Richardson has all the talent in the world. We've been seeing how he's been performing, but it's just the constantly getting injured essentially almost every game now he's like stepping out with something and i don't think he's completing the game shades of cam newton it's concerning it's not going to be sustainable for him and i want him to have a long career but you're not gonna have a long career if you're constantly putting your body in danger of getting injured because speak speaking from experience i'm somebody who played football in high school I played defense. You know how many times our whole game plan was get the quarterback no matter what. It, every defensive player has that mindset. Quarterback's running, we putting a hit out on them. If they're in the pocket and we got a free shot, we hitting them legally, of course, before the whistle blows. Um, but that is the issue that I have when it comes to Anthony Richardson. He needs to know how to protect himself. Thank goodness for Gardner Minshew that knows how to actually like take a game over. Because they had any other backup quarterback, we'd be talking about a whole different Colts team. Now, it is so true. Minshew mania. Minshew mania, baby. I love it. I love watching Gardner Minshew play football just because the guy's just playing fun. And I want him to do well. And he has been doing well. But the fact that he has been called upon so often is a concern. And why did Andrew Luck retire? getting hit too much do we trust the Colts to make decisions to protect a young quarterback I don't know they haven't in the past so I guess we're gonna find out uh because Peyton Manning got hit a lot too the Colts don't seem they don't like they don't really like protecting quarterbacks let's just say that um hopefully that changes for Anthony Richardson's sake hopefully he learns how to slide Julian I'm going to you next what happened for the Titans why were they not able to secure the W against a second string quarterback very surprised uh, with the Titans and Mike Vrabel, you know, a defensive-minded head coach. 
you know, definitely worked under Bill Belichick for years, played under Bill Belichick for years. You know, it's kind of interesting to watch how their third down efficiency is. You know, this was a game that DeAndre Hopkins really came out to play for the Titans. I mean, in the first half alone, he had almost 100 yards. But it, when it comes down to it, you know, it, it's weird. They they don't like to run the rock early. They like to do a lot of these jet sweeps. You know, the, if they want to utilize Tajay Spears, go ahead, utilize him. King Henry's great and all, but you see it nowadays. You've got to get faster. You're watching the Dolphins with A-Chain. This man is explosive. So is Tajay Spears since college. It's a track meet with him. Go ahead, get him more involved in the game plan. With their receivers, you know, Traylon Burks, you know, they have a cluster of receivers. Do they have that number one? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is your number one. He can still be your number one at 30-something years old now. He still has it. But again, just watching Ryan Tannehill play, and it's just, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing because that defense comes to play every game. But are they going to be able to score more than 20 points? Probably not. But no, Order yeah. Minshew, man. Minshew mania Minshew all the way. He's, he's Minshew there. mania. He is definitely this generation's version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to make himself a household name. I love it. He already is. He already is. After after every after everything, he already is for me. I love Gardner Minshew. We so already much. have the beard. Now it's time for the stash. God, so good. It's so good. What's not so good is that week. Tennessee offense. Like Stash you said. Julian, I can't agree. I, I can't agree more. That the Tennessee offense. It's 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 a retirement home. Let's just call it what it is. It's a retirement home at this point. They need to accept the fact that they should have like blown up a little bit and rebuilt. They need to, they, they need to try and invest in a actual certified first round talent rookie quarterback. Will Levis wasn't that. It just, he wasn't. They need to give, give a fucking effort and actually try and go get a rookie quarterback. Like what's so hard about that? You're gonna go to the vet market because that's worked out so well for you in the past with Ryan Tannehill. Go get, go draft a quarterback. Like, I don't know why I'm so I don't know why I'm so hot about the Titans. It's because I love Mike Vrabel and because I want him to succeed. Because you want he's the a quarterback good to put milk in their coffee instead of mayonnaise. I get it. Uh, it, it that is just ridiculous insanity. It's I, insanity. I can't even imagine that. Like it clumps. Go up. get an actual rookie quarterback. Go get Sorry. like not Mayo boy. I I I was pretty hot on Will Levis, but at this point I'm like, no. No, your your team is looking slow and shitty. And quite frankly, Will Levis needs to be put into a good situation in order for him to develop into an NFL quarterback. He can't be the generational savior. He can't be like an Andrew Luck. He can't be like a Trevor Lawrence. Okay? He has to have the right situation in order to thrive. Otherwise, he's going to crash and burn and be a bust. So I'm like, at this point for Tennessee... It's time to ring the alarm bells for me. Your offense is old. It's it's slow. It needs to be it needs to be reworked. And the fact that they let AJ Brown walk and basically gave up similar amounts of money to other skill position players, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. Is Vrabel on the hot seat this year, guys? What, no, what I, th- I, I, I honestly year? think 
I honestly think the GM that got fired, the GM that got fired was the one that made that decision, right? He did. Okay, so the GM that got, they're going to give Brable, I feel like, one more chance because it's still not quite this GM's team, I feel like. It's still not quite this GM's team. Um, and I think this GM wants to see what Mike Brable can do with their team as opposed to the team that was inherited. Um, looking at the Colts, though, I'm so, I'm so happy for Zach Moss, to be honest. Like, I'm so happy for Zach Moss, especially to, like, put up 165 yards and two touchdowns in the game that Jonathan Taylor's back. And, like, the guy's averaging five yards a carry, which is really good. And I, I have nothing but glowing praise for Zach Moss. And it's a little bit of like, okay, is it is that lion's share going to come down with Jonathan Taylor getting worked back into the game plan? He missed training camp. Of course, he's not going to have a big workload his first game back. If, if Jonathan Taylor happens to be a little bit slower, thank goodness the Colts have a phenomenal second back in Zach Moss because he did a great job in this game. Um, but they need to focus on keeping their quarterback healthy, no doubt. All right, that's enough of me ranting about the Titans and praising running backs. We're going to talk about the game that we've been wanting to talk about this whole time. A ass-whooping of historic proportions. A beatdown that brought a smile to my heart. The it's so funny to me that America's team loses and all of America celebrates the 49ers beat the hell out of Dallas Cowboys, 42 to 10. Everybody. Hey baby. Thank you. Kyle Shanahan. Love that it. was awesome. That was awesome. And I will go to probably the happiest guy watching that. Justin, talk to me about the 49ers. Just taking it to them boys. <sighs> Uh, you know what? I wish I had a cowboy hat for this one. Ooh! I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching the Cowboys prove once again that, yes, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not coming out of the NFC. Now, I've said this the last time when it came to the Cowboys defense. How do you best exploit them? You run at them. Specifically, you run at Micah Parsons. And what did they do? They ran it. But, but, let's keep it a buck. This was the Brock Purdy show in 4K in, what was it? In just primetime status. This was, I believe, the coming out party for Brock Purdy. This was the game where... He's not being protected behind CMC. He's not being protected by Cal Shanahan system. The man was making plays. He was making throws that you see from five, 10 year veterans in the NFL. And he was doing this like nothing. He's once again, like the only undefeated quarterback coming out, even going back into last season. And once again, we see that Dak Prescott, if you try to put everything on his shoulders, he's going to make mistakes. And we've seen it today. I have seen it his whole career as somebody who's a Giants fan and watch all the NFC East games. The, the Cowboys have what it takes to make the playoffs. However, 
the only team that is coming out of that NFC for the Super Bowl is either San Francisco or Philadelphia, and it pains me to even say that. So, I enjoy very much. First of all, I'm very proud of you. I don't know how you got through saying that because I... That's the equivalent of me saying, I can see the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Oh. Uh, no, I can't oh God, do it. That's gonna get You're stronger than I. <laughs> and the Packers lost and Jordan Love looked terrible. Let's go Bears. Anyways, I could I could not agree more about that, that 49ers team being the juggernaut of the NFC. And let's face it, Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Brock Purdy's a damn good quarterback. Like... What what else can we say at this point? He was averaging over 10 yards a throw. He had an 83 QBR. He had a 144 overall rating, four touchdowns, no interceptions. What do you want? What more do you want? Uh, Julian, I'll go to you. What, what more can we ask to, to, to of a Brock Purdy before we can get him to r- live without a roommate? <laughs> I was going to say to move out. <laughs> To move out. How? How Brock is this guy so good at football? In. And oh every my team gosh. passed on him several times. Oh, he is going to be walking in with a Super Bowl ring, and his roommate's going to be sitting there with a nice pack of Natty Lights. Come on in, buddy. Let's celebrate. You know what was better than watching Russell Wilson lose yesterday at 4 o'clock? Watching what? Dak Prescott explode. I love watching it. Because last week, we go back, the Cowboys are celebrating a Super Bowl by beating Bell Belichick. We took him out to pasture. We're going everywhere. I heard Irvin talking about it. Oh my gosh, Super Bowl bound defense. I mean, come on. This San Francisco 49ers offense, it is crazy to watch them go from a zone running scheme to having this transformative passing scheme i mean it's crazy kittle's getting involved now he really hasn't been involved too much this year three touchdowns come on three touchdowns that is insane to be able to evolve like that game to game they can do it they can play anywhere and they're going to get the win now in the playoffs you know what if brock purdy if he doesn't get that unlucky elbow injury they're winning it all they're winning it all and they're gonna be winning it all this year that is my team going straight forward it's insane to watch it they don't they could have any running back in there too mason mason's popping up 40 yard runs i mean this is wild kyle shanahan he needs his flowers too this is a great offense absolutely deserves those flowers and like by the way broncos fans you could have had that. Yeah. If your owner wasn't so butthurt about Mike leaving. But boo-hoo, I'm not going to hire possibly one of the best offensive minds of his generation. Justin, you were saying. No, I was going to mention this one thing. Can we also take the time to acknowledge the fact that Kyle Shanahan, who is the current head coach of the 49ers, used to be the offensive coordinator for Dan Quinn back in Atlanta, who's currently the Cowboys defensive coordinator. And we had this topic back when the Falcons absolutely blew that Super Bowl of whose fault it was. Here you go, right over here. We found out. 
We found it. Dan Quinn. <laughs> no, it, it's it's so. How, how much how much more can we say about the 49ers? They're going to win a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy's going to win a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy might Brock Purdy might fuck around and win a bunch of Super Bowls. That like there's no limit on what this kid can do because he has nothing to lose. He, he has nothing to lose and everything to play for. And sometimes that is exactly what you need to have a, a just all-star quarterback. We have seen it happen before with players like Kurt Warner or Tom Brady. Am I saying Brock Purdy is going to be on that level? No, but I am saying he looks a hell of a lot like they did at this time of their career. But man, this 49ers team, it's, it's so exciting to watch the defense. It is just like Dre Greenlaw is vicious. Dre Greenlaw is like a mean linebacker, and like he's a, like he's a throwback linebacker. I love watching him play football, and then Fred Warner, Fred Warner. like equally Fred as just oh dominant Let, and good. Let's just say Fred Warner is the best linebacker Missile. in the league right now. Missile. Yeah. No, absolutely. They they have they have potentially three all time players on their front seven between Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw. And it is so fun to watch because, my God, that defense, like, gets faster the more you watch them. And it's insane to see. We already thought they were, like, one of the fastest defenses in the league. They are the fastest defense in the league. They might be one of the fastest defenses I've ever seen. Um, But now we've got to talk about probably one of the worst defenses we've ever seen because we've got a Thursday night football matchup to preview. And my God, the NFL really thought they were doing something with this when they made the schedule. But now it is just looking like cut and dry. The one and four Denver Broncos are taking on the four and one Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, It is worth noting that the Denver Broncos through five weeks have the worst recorded uh, defense in the history of the DVOA stat. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that happens from a top five unit to that. Oh yeah, Vance Joseph. Uh, Justin, I'm going to you first. What do you see happening in this AFC West divisional scrap? It's exactly what I'm going to see. Pretty much the same thing that we saw with the Broncos against the Jets this past week. We we saw that offense get absolutely chewed up by the Jets' defense. Now, I'm not saying Kansas City has that same caliber of defense, but what I am saying is when you have Chris Jones in the middle of that offensive All bets line, are off. All bets are off. All bets are off. You better put some stickum on Russell Wilson's hands. Make sure he's not fumbling the ball again. And this is going to be a very very one-sided game. I'm literally just going to watch it just to see what this defense does to that Broncos offense because I already know Patrick Mahomes is going to do what Patrick Mahomes does best. I'm going to make a couple sidearm throws. I'm going to do some stuff that you probably only see in video games, and then we're going to come up with a new feature for Madden 25. He always seems to do that when he faces the Broncos. Like that, he always very. He always invents a Madden move. When he's playing the Broncos, it's kind of fun. It's fun for me. I live with a like I live around a bunch of Denver fans, and they were they they refuse to ever accept that it's time for a rebuild because there's still some people that are like, nah, 
we can reload, we can retool. I'm like, you need to blow it up. It's over. It like, it's over. It, oh my gosh. I think we said that a couple weeks ago too. We said that several weeks ago and people look at, oh my gosh, people look at that Jets loss and they're like, nah, we can retool. Like we almost won that game. So no, Extra Ten almost gave you that one. We were in there. We were right there to the end. No, no. Extra Ten literally got the luckiest interception I've seen. Oh gosh, I feel so bad for that guy because he went from a scheme that really highlighted who he was as a player and allowed him to play like a top three cornerback in the league, and now he's playing in. What can only be described as when you go, you know, when you play in Madden and you go into the blitz folder and you never leave it, <laughs> that's what's happening. Vance Joseph is playing Madden like a five-year-old. Oh yeah. Uh, he's calling this defense like a five-year-old. And it's, this is like, this is the defensive Matt Canada, if you will. This is how bad this is. Like, Oh, I, I, I just can't even speak negatively enough about Vance Joseph because he is destroying an otherwise very, very serviceable Broncos defense. At least they were they were relatively good last season, and now they fall off the face of the earth. Uh, Julian, talk to me about this one real quick. <laughs> so in the past, I would make, you know, some bold predictions because this is the divisional game and it it always seems like the Chiefs and the Broncos they stay close with each other in the first half you know the Chiefs end up taking it I can't, I can't do it this week I did it with the Bears last week I felt and we, a little and bit everyone more, in Chicago appreciated you I felt a lot everyone. more confident in that game but this game I'm looking you know when there's smoke there's fire you know I'm looking at the fire sale rumors that they got going on in Denver. And it's starting. The, the rumors are true. It's and we're going to look at it. You know, you, we went into this season for the Broncos thinking they would lean a little bit more on their run game again, you know, with Javante coming back and, you know, getting Samaji P. Ryan. But it just kind of went downfield. Javante's out. They got this kid, McLaughlin. He, he looks pretty nice. He looks explosive. But Russell That's Wilson better. is going to – he's going to hold them back. Because his improv skills have come to an end. It's over. You're not escaping anymore like you used to. And when you do, you're fumbling. I mean, my Peruvian wife was sitting on the couch here. She don't, she doesn't watch much football. She was like, it's like watching like two tanks go at it and just shoot each other until one explodes. Russell Wilson is terrible. He's gotten he's not looking down the field. And when he does, he's he doesn't sense what's coming behind him. It's going to be a blowout. The Chiefs are taking this one. In the last two weeks, the Chiefs have looked they've looked good. Not amazing. They've looked good on offense. They haven't hit that third gear yet. Uh, this game, they're going to hit that third gear. It's it's over. Broncos fans, you're you're on a flat tire now. You're not riding anymore. It's over. It's over. Broncos, Broncos country rides over. With with all the jokes, with all those things that we just said about smoke, fire, Broncos fans, I'm gonna need y'all to go to your nearest dispensary, get some stuff, spark up, get some Kansas City barbecue, just become Chiefs fans for this one night. Just be Chiefs fans. It's, it's over. Like, or just accept that you're a bad team. 
Accept that it's time to rebuild. Accept that just because you've never had to really do it in your team's entire history does not mean you're exempt. You gotta be bad. Welcome to the dungeons. This, you're in this, Walmart's world now. It, you're in so Walmart's nice. world now, baby. You get to hang out with the Bears and the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Like, we're a fun group. The Lions just moved out. They were holding it down. They were great to party with. But now the Broncos, you're moving right in. And I'm so happy for you uh, because it makes my Bears look just ever so slightly not as awful and directionless. And I appreciate you for that. It's going to be a blowout. I'm going to, like, Kansas City's going to score at least 40 points. Uh, this could be a repeat of what happened with the Dolphins game for all we like. That, like, what, what, what are we talking What are, no, What are we doing? Andy Reid will not be going to the fans and asking them to come up with plays. Oh, God. I hope we're not sending Denver to Brock Purdy's old apartment after this year. <laughs> Pretty much. No, that's where they're it. all going to have to move. Oh, God. I, you blow it up, rebuild around McLaughlin. Jerry Judy's a New England Patriot this year. I don't gone. I don't. If New England tr- like even thinks about trading a first round pick to anyone, oh no, God, they're idiots because they're you're gonna have a top five pick. <laughs> and you can have Drake May. You can have Drake May. Oh God, do it. Do the thing. But that's about it. And a receiver. (laughs) Well, I think that, see, here's what I think is going to happen. And this is the, this is the hopeless romantic in me. That's a bears fan. I think the the bears are going to continue to lose because we're losers. That's what we do. And then Justin Fields will somehow look like a really good passer along the way. Suddenly the bears are able to once again, trade away the first overall pick. But s- surprise, surprise, they have the second pick from Carolina. They still get Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin you trade back, Harrison you get Joe Jr., Alt. Baby. Suddenly, everything's Woo! fixed. And that's that's what being a Chicago fan is all about. Coming up with crazy, insane scenarios and making everyone scared of one year from now. Because it's always one year from now. It's always going to be one year from now. It'll be one year from now until I'm dead. Long gone. But that's all we've got for you, previewing some Thursday night football. We talked a lot about Week 5 action, and uh, it feels pretty unanimous that we're going with a blowout win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, There's not much more to talk about other than, hey, we're going to see you on the next one. That's Julian. That's Justin. I'm Kyle. Later.